Today, uh, our text will be from Mark 8. I'm going to read a key verse and then kind of uh, trail through as we go. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Our lesson today is going to be called Following Jesus. Following Jesus. The same call that Jesus gave then is the same call that he gives today to us, to the world. Jesus calls the crowds, the crowds, those who may have received healing if they were sick, came to him with needs, the crowds, the onlookers, the outsiders. I know about the crowds. I grew up in church and... um, I was in that number for a long time, a crowd, an onlooker. I say the first drug that I was on is mama drug me to church. (laughs) Oh, yes, she did. If you lived in her house, you came to church. But in the midst of coming to church, I heard the songs, I heard the sermon, I knew the function, I could tell you but I miss Jesus. And maybe as an onlooker in here today, this altar call is right up front, that you came and you're outside. This is for you. This is your call. This first call is unto salvation. This call is to the crowds, is to repent and believe. Romans 10.9 said, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. For it is with the heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess faith and are saved. And it's all by the grace of God of God. Then when you do that, then you will discover 2 Corinthians 5.17. I use the Amplified because there's many things I want to catch in this. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, which means that is grafted into the family of God, joined to him by faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he is a new creation. He's born again. He's renewed by the Spirit of God. And then old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings new life. So now that the crowd has come to Jesus and has said, 
yes to Jesus. Now that one's eyes are open spiritually, here's the next question. The question is, who's going to teach me how to live there? And Jesus tells the crowd, come, follow me. Jesus' uh, call is also to his disciples who have heard him say, follow me before, and they did. They saw the feeding of the 5,000, 5 and 4,000. They saw Lazarus being raised from the dead, Jesus healing the blind and the disabled, him turning water into wine, which references the, the new wine. And in our relationship with him, they saw Jesus control nature by his authority where the waves and the winds obeyed him. And their response was, what kind of man is this? That the waves and the wind obeyed him as they continued to follow him. They began to argue, who's the greatest? Maybe they were after the accolades and the accruements and the notoriety. But Jesus knew their lack of spiritual insight he knew them, yet he loved them. For this call is greater than human reasoning. It's called the, the Great Commission, which is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. My friends, Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back as final judge. So Jesus calls the crowds, and he calls his disciples together, and that's where we meet in our key verse. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and to follow me. Lord, teach me what it means to follow you. He says here in the text, he gives this call and he says to, to deny yourself. What does that mean? We must go back to this word that said must. If you're going to follow me, you must. What is the must? Yield. Submission to my will and my ways. Surrender. Following Jesus, my friends, is a commitment. Being committed to the call to deny self. Jesus did that in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, Father, could you take this away from me? It's, it's too hard. And then he stayed and stayed and he said, not my will but yours would be done. We just need to slow down and stay right there until the change come. 
It comes through submission, surrender, commitment. It's the way of the cross. Paul said it like this in Galatians 2.20, that I have been crucified with Christ and it's I who no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in me and the life that I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. See, it's in following him that we experience him. It's not just hearing it, that's information. When we follow him, we experience transformation. Paul is saying that a yielded life to Jesus allowed the light of his love to shine in and through us, which what we call a disciple, which is ministry. Maybe the people that God is leading you to minister to. I have many examples in my life. One of them is I have a mentor. Uh, uh, he discipled me in uh, the things of the Lord. And I wanted to tell you a little about his story that I'll never forget. He was, I was in my 40s and he was like 80. And he just told me this story, just something out of the blue. He was a young preacher and he'd come out of Moody and he's just so excited and very passionate and very zealous for the things of God. And they would come down uh, town, Chicago, and stand on cars and, and preach through bullhorns. Repent, Jesus is coming back. And he said he was, he was so excited and so passionate about it. And you know, at that time, people are coming, they're getting lunch through the vendors, and they're trying to hurry up back to work. But this is what he said to me. He said, while he was preaching, considering those people who were not listening to him directly, he wished those folks to hell. Because they didn't listen to him. He told me that because he wanted me to be reminded about our flesh and how it can get in the way of us ministering to the masses. But when I met him, he was 80 and something had turned around in his life where we're standing in McDonald's and it's busy and in the McDonald's and we get up to the counter and he looks at me and he looks at the young lady and she looked very frustrated and he asked her, young lady, do you know Jesus? In the midst of all of that commotion and crowd and I'm just watching going, wow. <laughs> and he pulled the young lady aside and the manager actually came up and he ministered to that lady. I said, boy, I want to be able to do that. My, my mentor is not alive, but he left that story with me. And he would say, today, he would say that we are more than conquerors in Jesus Christ who, who loved us. But he would also say to the people of God, 
that you will not conquer what you're not willing to confront. If I'm not willing to confront my attitude, well, maybe that's what I need to do first and not tell people about Jesus unless we're doing it all in the same process. How did he get that way? It's called carnality. It's where the believer looks like the world because we're leaning to our innate ability to live life apart from Christ. It's called carnality. In Romans 8, 6, it says, for to be carnal-minded is death, but to be spiritually-minded is life and peace. I learned this verse in Sunday school when I was five years old. I knew nothing about it, but right now I'm understanding. Do you know when you're, you're living a life of carnality as a believer, being sensitive to the things of God, the, the Holy Spirit will convict us. That's what happened to my mentor, and he made the necessary adjustments, and God did a work in his life. Please remember this. We've brought old attitudes into this new life, old behaviors, old ways. Here's what my mama told me after the Lord did a work in my life. She told me, she said, son, I used to dread the phone to ring because I would live life hard apart from Christ. She said, when the phone rung, I thought I was going to have to answer it and the coroner was going to say, could you come identify the body? Going after the world will cause you to run after the world the more. You get a little bit here, then you want a little bit more there. You get a little bit over here, you want a little bit more over there. It never ends until you have an encounter with Jesus Christ. And then he sets us free to serve him and to learn how to deny self. Question is, do you know what it means to deny self? In our day and age, it's sort of the other way. People are looking to try to find themselves. And I've discovered that you really don't know who you are and created to be until you give your life to Jesus. He also said to take up your cross. You will only take up your cross willingly when you've reached the point of the first denying self. Why? Because the self-centered mind will not pick it up. Only through a willingly submitted life will we pick up the cross because it is an instrument of death. Eric, what are, what are we putting to death? Well, we're putting to death the life of sin. 
Luke's account says uh, that we would do it, pick up our cross daily. And what is a good time to, to pick up the cross? The psalmist says, oh God, I love you. Early in the morning shall I seek thee. Before you put your foot on the floor, well, my foot on the floor, because I know if I don't do that, I'm just going to mess everything else up. I'm not going to be led by the Lord. I'm going to be led by Eric. So a good time to do this is early in the morning we commit our lives to Jesus. Then what springs up the passion for Christ where we're now dying to live instead of living to die. Dying to live is actually understanding that I have a love right now for Christ that is worth dying for. But my friends, there are so many people in the world today are living to die. Looks like it, but they're just existing. And we have that message to give them. That's where the many people are in, in your lives. Let's start with our families. They may be in your homes. Maybe they're in, in your family. Maybe they're at, at work or in your community. Everywhere you go, you hear the stories. That's your opportunity to tell them about Jesus. They're in your life for a reason. To hear, catch this, not only hear the gospel, but to see it. People are looking for authentic ministry. They're looking to see Jesus in us, not what we say. But Christianity is a lifestyle. I met so many people who said that I tried that. You don't try Jesus. You live it out. It's a lifestyle. Have you heard anyone say that? That I've tried Jesus. Do this in front of them. Live out the gospel in your life. Next couple of verses, I want to speak directly to disciples. The ones that has given your life to Christ because you're encountering people that needs Christ. And they're in all places in their journey. And there would be no other reason for God to even send them to you if he didn't want you to minister. Just ask God to help us to give us the words to say at any given time. Here we go. Some of the questions that may come up. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for, for me and the gospel will save it. We know that trusting in Jesus Christ is not our own merit. And our life is saved because we, we've decided to make Jesus our choice. But that's not so with many other people. Many other people are trying to find life. They're reaching for life. 
In my old life, I thought the bigger the party, the, the, the better things would be in my life. The alterations would happen in my life. Everything would be okay. But I discover you go to one party, you're going to need another party, and you go to another party, you're going to need another party, and you go to something else. It just, it's endless, but the world is going after it in such a way. They're looking for life in life. You, you lose the very life you're looking for when you're looking for life in life. That's not the way to discover it. You'll never find life out of life. You can't get life out of life searching for significance, looking to satisfy and trying to quench the thirst and the hunger and the desire of the thirsty soul with Temporary fixes, I put, only to repeat the cycle the next day. You can't find life or get life out of life. Listen to this. You find life in the living one. Jesus said that he came to give us life. And that more abundant. You have that message. Tell them. Watch this. And when you tell them, while you're telling them, show them you're no different than they are. That your need of more of Jesus is just like what you're telling them. So it's sort of a picture because you understand that they're chasing after the wind. Ecclesiastes called it vanity, vanity, all is vanity. He says nothing new is under the sun. The disciples approach is while you're telling them about the gospel, model it out in your own life for the sake of the gospel. In 36, 37, we'll, we'll put those questions together. What good is it for a man to gain the world, the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Questions are out here for people that don't know the Lord. Well, what can I do? What are the adjustments that I should make? Listen to this. Apart from Christ. Jesus used economic terms to show the supreme value of eternal life. He said, what good, which means tell them to count the cost. The benefit, the profit, the gains. When they ask, what can I give? They're, they're looking to barter or, or to trade or to, to, to come out of man's desperate need for anything else other than God. They're asking the question, what can I exchange for my soul, which is an eternal destiny? You know the answer to that. Absolutely nothing. I have nothing to give. 
Tell them, tell them, tell them that's how you came. You came because you had nothing to give, but you had a thirst and a hunger. And when you asked Jesus Christ into your life, he came in and he fulfilled that longing in your life. Live it out. Give them the gospel while modeling it out in your life for the sake of the gospel. They're in your homes. They're in your everyday conversations. What a disciple does daily is we we trust Jesus and it's only by his grace, hear me now, by which we're following. If it's out of our own will or our own know-how, that's the time to fall on your knees and say, Lord, help me. Because if you don't watch it, that thing will get out of control. There's so many believers in Christ that don't know who they are in Christ. Because they hadn't came to the place of denying self and picking up their cross and following Jesus. You know, and the message of Christ is something that we do on a daily basis as as people are going through something, we want to lead them to Christ and then we want to be able to help them along the journey. Watch this. But you must be willing to be helped. Isn't that amazing? I, I think sometimes it's, you know, as, as being Christians, there's something about showing that thing that would seem like if I show it, then they'll judge me. Let me tell you something. When you're persecuted for Christ, Scripture says rejoice. If they talk about you, if they laugh at you, let me tell you something. They laughed at me when I was in the street. And now that I'm in Christ, it doesn't matter if you laugh at me or not. And I think that comes from just following him, discovering the call on your life and your identity in Christ. We get that from following. In our last verse, Christ is coming back, y'all. Something that I've been experiencing hearing um, folks that would just consider they're just running after life and they're just, they're looking for something. Let me tell you something, time is running out. The book of James says life is like a vapor. You hear it. People are dying every day. You want to know what this mist or this vapor is? Go home this evening and boil some water and watch the steam dissipate. 10, 20, 30, 40 years, 80 years, 100 years is a short time to eternity. Give your heart to Christ and do it today. While the message is there, It's not saying that you walk out of this building and something tragedy happens. There's so many people that has come to church, they've heard the message and they've walked away and they've lost their souls. They missed their opportunity. Don't miss your opportunity today. 
to come to Christ. And believers, your opportunity to grow in Christ. Because ministry is very messy. And when you hear somebody going through something that you haven't been through, don't look down your nose at them. Just ask God, Lord, help me to stand right here and minister your gospel. He's coming back again. He's coming again, telling them that I am only where I am because God's son, Jesus, paid the price for my sins and he made, he set us free. And oh yes, he has forgiven us. That's what we stand in as disciples. And one day Jesus will return. He will return in the splendor of his glory. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the son of man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his father's glory with the holy angels, with all of his splendor and glory. We're part of telling them that message. And as we prepare and get ready for his coming, don't be ashamed of the gospel. See where God is giving you opportunities. If you feel that longing in your heart about a, a certain thing, study. Ask God to help you. And he will. For when he comes back, we want to hear the words, well done. We don't want him to be saying, I'm ashamed of you my child. Come on in, but I'm, I'm ashamed. And if he's talking about shame, evidently he's talking about how we lived on this earth and the opportunities that we've missed as believers ministering the gospel to other people. We not only are getting ready, we may have that opportunity today to do what? To share the gospel to shine the light for someone else to see and let them know what it is like to follow Jesus. To become a disciple of Jesus Christ is to follow him. Lord, may the word follow me ring in our ears because there's so much to follow. There's so many things. There's so much stuff. There's so many examples. Matter of fact, there was just so much darkness in this world that we live in that it seems like light. But Lord, help us to shine this light that you gave us in dark areas that you may get the glory from our lives. On the day that we stand before you, it will be only because of who Jesus is. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.